from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Happy Saturday morning. Thank you so much for uh, you three people getting up this early in the morning to come listen to the show. Opening day of uh, General Gun. So, Where's know, it opening day of General Gun at? Where is it? Where? Where? Zone C? Where? Zone C? I don't know. Is it? I don't, you it's know, not zone there's B. There's a thing called a microphone. Yeah. You have to kind of you. What did you just? You just. Is this your first day? This is my first hey. show, man. Jeez, OP. I forgot, man. I knew something was going on. <laughs> Brayden, up yeah. north, up if north. If my kids were Water. here, they would tell you that is just dumb. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> it's your first day on Earth, man. What's the deal? Zone C, right? Zone C today. Everybody's all Jones up and getting all ready for it. Zone C. I thought I had a wireless mic. Yeah, don't we all wish you had a wireless yeah. mic? Yeah. Uh, so everybody's going to be out farting around out in the woods today getting her done. I saw that our buddy Toby Benoit uh, dropped a nice little buck yesterday. He was out there with his uh, stick and string and apparently whooped one out there and got her done. So I think, uh, I think he was using an atlatl. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah, he he probably would. Uh, he'd give it a shot. I know Why he not? would. Yeah, he would. I mean, he would probably say, "Heck yeah, let's give it a whirl and see if we can change the world with the atlatl." But he got a nice little uh, four point out there, so uh, he's still going to go out. He says he's not done getting ready to. Still wants to go out and try to get the big boy with a with a bow. So he's foregoing the firearm until later on in the season, which I can understand. It's all good. Whatever you got to do. I've hunted with a bow during gun season, but that's, um, you know, for deer, I haven't done it on public land in, in gun season. I have with turkeys. I've taken a uh, turkey with a bow in gun season, you know, turkey season on public land. But um, 300 wind uh, mag. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On, on uh, you know, private land, you, you you have a little bit more opportunity of saying, hey, Somebody's not going to be running all on top of you and taking that extra few moments. I know. I, <coughs> I, was, I was out, what, two weeks ago with the muzzleloader on um, Three Lakes? That was How many people did you see? A lot. You didn't have the woods to yourself? Uh, muzzleloader season no, sometimes gets ne- extremely ne- crowded. I had a lot of people there. I, I would get there early, and, uh, I mean, there was people. The second day I went to my spot that I had cleared out. I saw a buck like 20 yards from me, but. It was sketchy if it was legal or not. You know, about eight, maybe ten inches. I, I, I won't shoot it unless I know for sure. Uh, so the second day I felt pretty good about it. But, you know, people are bumping deer around because they're walking all over the place, which is that's a good part about it. But um, second day I get to my spot, and I beat almost everybody to the parking there. But I stayed in the car a little bit, you know what I mean, because I know exactly how to get to my spot, and I wasn't going to walk in the dark. And uh, when I get to my spot, I look, I put the chair down, I put my muzzle loader down, I look over, there's a dude sitting 30 yards away in, in 
<laughs> with his orange. arms crossed. And, and I looked at him and I pointed like, have a nice day. Grabbed my stuff, threw him on both shoulders, and started walking. Boogity, boogity. And, yep. and he's probably saying to himself, I've been whistling for the last 150 <laughs> yards of that guy walking in. Over nah. here. Over here. No, nah, here. here. A lot of people there, but, you know, that's expected. You know what I mean? A lot of people were camping. It, it was it was great weather. It was good to be outdoors. You yeah, know, that's well, what it's about. This weekend's probably going to be lousy weather with uh, Ada, Ida, Ada. ETA, whatever the uh, I don't know storm, tropical depression, whatever it is you want to call it, is uh, moseying its way, possibly towards us, probably uh, in the middle of the week. Not necessarily this weekend, but it could affect the weather. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people out there with <clears throat> some rain gear in their backpack. Hopefully, just in case. I know that uh, King of the Beach is also going on this weekend, so it's going to be a great day to be out there. On the water, catching kings, because the rougher the better for those nasty critters. They seem to like it when you're out there puking over the side and rolling around and, uh, you know. We call we call, we call that the chum bucket. It's a chum bucket, so yeah. I, I, it ought to be pretty good for that. But I think that a lot of folks are going to take advantage of this weekend and at least just try to get out there and see what's going on. Because as you did last week, there's a lot of frustration after muzzleloader season, I know that uh, when I used to partake in the muzzleloader season, which I really I don't do anymore for the very reason that Carlos just explained. You get up early, you get out there, you get in your stand, you get out, you put your climber on, and you jiggity, 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 you get up the tree, you're setting up, and you're like, yay! Sun comes up, and it looks like you're standing in an orange grove. Like a cartoon. There's orange <laughs> in every tree for for you know as far as you can see, and you're like, ah, yeah, my chances are pretty slim to none. I particularly don't like wearing orange, um, but the second day I made sure I was covered in orange. I would if I was going to be traipsing around on management property, especially during muzzleloader season, where you got a lot of itchy itchies, uh, I would definitely be orange, orange. I'll be honest with you, man. I don't know how people could shoot other people. Those are, I mean, you know. There's been people. It happens. I, I don't know how that happens. I, I don't know I, I how know, it I know what I, I know what I'm going to shoot. I know what I'm looking at. I, mean, I, I understand. You I, look behind you. You make sure there's no cows. You know what I mean? There's just a few. It's just a few simple steps. But then again, yeah, let's just leave it like that. When you're half asleep yeah. and you've been sitting there and you're... Uh, you wake up and you think you saw movement, and they're like, oh, "What? Oh, there it is! There he is!" Bang! And you pull the trigger. I mean, th those those things happen. That's insane. Those yeah. things don't happen. Uh, they do happen. Very and they rare. happen a lot. Well, I, there was a kid up in your neck of the woods of Pennsylvania got whacked across the lake, sitting with his girlfriend uh, on the side of a lake, and uh, I, took took one right through the neck. There <laughs> is there is occasions where a bullet goes past the target. But there shouldn't be no reason why you're shooting at something you can't positively identify. Well, that's, I think that's Carlos's point. That's what I'm saying. Is, yeah, and not only that, as you just pointed out, you need to know what's behind that bullet as it maybe exits or misses whatever it is you're, you know, you're taking a poke at. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, okay, you didn't kill somebody, but now you got to pay, f you know, thousand fifteen hundred dollars for a cow. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> would not be a good day. If not, the rancher's going to leave you there. You're going to be buried there in your orange and all your stuff. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I, I've, I, I learned a long time ago, no matter where you go, 
especially if you're with a guide service or anybody else or, uh, you know, you, you ask the questions. And I remember the first time we went to Wyoming, and before I even fired the first shot out of my 250, I went to, I got down on the rifle, I got aimed out. There were some prairie dogs out there. I got aimed out, and I stopped, and I looked at the guide, and I said, you know, if I don't hit that thing, where does this bullet go? You know, I just want to make sure that I'm not killing, you know, Farmer Ed on his John Deere, you know, another 300 yards behind because there's nothing there. There's no trees, nothing to stop that bullet. It just goes until gravity takes over. And that's yeah. when he, he looked at me and goes, this ranch is 620 square miles. That bullet ain't leaving this place. Just shoot. I went, okie dokie. Kaboom. Any, any, <laughs> anyway, you, you don't miss a whole lot. So, Well, but you still have to have that concern. And I, and I, I remember when I asked uh, in Iowa, when I was there visiting my wife's relatives, I said, why don't you allow rifle? Hunting in this state. What, what's the big deal about rifle hunting? And they were like, well, you know, those bullets carry really far. And uh, if you miss, you know, you may kill some guy, uh, you know, uh, half a mile away and not even know it. Shuck, shucking corn or uh, something. I, I, I guess. Yeah. And I said, wait a minute. Well, you're going to tell me a 300-grain, you know, 12-gauge slug doesn't go that, that far if you cleanly miss and shoot over? I mean, it's. It's probably with the same amount of energy at that distance. No. It doesn't. Slugs drop like an anchor in water. No, it's like boys in the hood shooting in the air. Boom, boom, boom. You know? That stuff's that's coming. When, that's it's coming I, down somewhere. That's when I bring out the Bill George card. 30-06, traveling around 2,600 feet per second, 150 grain, or a 300 grain, 12-gauge slug traveling around uh, 1,800 feet per second. Your body's really not going to know the difference. Anyway, with the way things are going, we'll be using a boomerang soon. At Laddles. Yeah. Hey! At Laddles, boomerangs will be coming back. Slingshots. Be awesome. With the not o- sponsored OG by stuff. Under Armour, though. With the OG stuff. <laughs> spears? Can we use spears now? All right, we're going to take a quick break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Carlos, and Bill in the studio along with Diego. Give us a call if you want to. 888-404-1010. We are brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. Big Wild Outdoors, Saturday morning, beautiful day. A little muggy outside, but it shouldn't be too bad. I know they are predicting uh, some showers possibly around the area. Supposed to be in the uh, low 80s today, so it shouldn't be too bad. Tomorrow, uh, be about the same. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is when uh, Ada might be skirting around out there. So, uh, What's you know, its name? Isn't it Ada? ETA? I don't know. Is ETA? That, what, did, what did the whole Eta? alphabet go Eta? through already? I, they were using Greek stuff there for a while. You what? know, there was Zeta and Zendogs and whatevers. And yeah, now they ETA got, usually means estimated time, time of, of arrival. arrival. Yes. So it's like, what's Eta? What's I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. He's making up his own alphabet. Who is? You. No, that's the according to the weather experts. Well. So it, it should be not too... I don't know. I would think that no, if, if you're not going to hunt this weekend, then Monday or Tuesday uh, before whatever comes our way, 
would be a good time to get out in the woods. And uh, if the critters are going to get ready to hunker down for a while, usually that means they're going to be moving quite a bit. <clears throat> they calm before the storm, so it's a good time to be out there. And with General Gun starting this weekend, I think uh, for Zone C, by the way, uh, it would be a good time to get out there and thump around out in the woods. Be a good time for all. That's always. I know there's a lot of folks out there, and I know that Bill George says uh, that he's going to be doing some private land hunting, but all I keep hearing is, what time do you when does it start? Green Swamp, Green Swamp, Green Swamp, Green 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 Green. Yeah. You don't go anywhere else? You don't go to Hilochi or Tide Swamp or Steinhatchee? All or those require Ro- permits. Royce Unit. Upper Hillsboro, Lower Hillsboro, Ocala, you know, none of those things. No, no. What, do you mean, what do you mean requires a the permit? Swamp. It's kind of like the Big Apple of hunting. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. It is It is true, and uh, it does take a certain type of individual to get out there and really bust through and get to a good spot. One, one year, I had a 50% success rate in Green Swamp. And that's not Green Swamp West. That's Green Swamp East, the romp and stomp. I had a 50% success ratio of... For every two times I went out, I either shot a deer or a pig. Very nice. That was a pretty good year. Did you uh, take your waders and and no, all the other appropriate no, gear in no, case no. you had to swim or ford no, no. a creek sneakers, or anything? Sneakers, sneakers. Well, at least you said shot. I, you you could hit them with the car. Well, I've done Sometimes. that too. <laughs> Sometimes you can do you that. You see them prancing around. I've done that too. Yeah. Now, when you say a permit, when you're doing that, I think a lot of our listeners or new arrivals don't understand what you mean by that. Do you mean like just a management stamp to go and trumps around no. in those places? A or? lot, of, a lot of the better areas that we have to hunt in the state, you have to apply. And some quote, of these quote things, a permit. let's let's look at spring gobbler. We're right here in gun season. Well, at the end of the month is when you have to apply if you want to hunt any decent place in Florida for spring gobbler. If you want to hunt on public land, you better be looking at the end of December, end of November, the beginning of December, is when you're putting in your applications, whether or not it's special opportunity hunts or quota hunts. You put in then, so you have to have a management area stamping that to put in for those those permits. And I know it, some people that forget. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've been known to forget I, I've before. Been known, I've been known to forget. But see, too. I have I have a system, and that system breaks down when you go to bed and and don't do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it, it does. Well, that system of yours is narcolepsy because you fall asleep everywhere. Yeah, you but that's even fall asleep during the breaks here while we're yeah, on the radio. He's just catching up. I know, it, I know. He's behind. Listen, you gator season's turn long. I know. Gator season is done <laughs> and long. Last weekend. Was was the end of it Sunday morning? I didn't even hunt because we had filled the last tag Saturday night, and you were done and done, and no more jumping on somebody else and saying let's go boom. We were done. Well, that's a good thing, but I guess. The, the the highlight from this year was taking the uh, wounded. Well, I, I he. He's a veteran of 30 years, and whether or not it's it's physical or just the the trauma of that amount of time out and defending our country, it was it was great to be able to get him out there. He took what a nine nine. We took a nine nine with him, and so he was a happy camper. And well, at I his retirement he- party, what was he talking about? His alligator hunt. Yeah, and uh, I would think that just the uh, the adventures of uh, 
being over in Mogadishu alone would probably warrant uh, retirement in the in the in the worst way. Yeah. So uh, you know, thank him for his service. But uh, if you're still not done or you're getting ready to uh, get the barrels warmed up, don't forget that the second phase of does season gets underway. Uh, let's see. We had November 11th through. Uh, December 4th is when uh, the next one gets underway. So hopefully by then there'll be some really good, uh, what do they call this thing? Arctic waves, well, Arctic you, talking frost. About what, or the, Arctic? The, what are they calling them this year? One year it was polar vortexes. Vortex, that's it, yeah, the polar had, vortexes. Then we had some other name last year. The polar vortex was two years ago. Yeah, well, if we get some sort of... <laughs> Super freeze front uh, <laughs> that'll push down some more. That'll be a good Back when we were young, they were called cold, cold fronts. Cold fronts, yeah. They just kinda, <laughs> for some reason, it just you had to jazz it up a little bit, you know, make it because cold fronts just sound so boring. That's what uh, I mean. <clears throat> they're blaming Trump for the weather. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, if uh, things change at the end of the month or in January, maybe it'll be a Biden blast or something we can call it. Uh, but November 11th through December 4th will be the second phase. And then third one that everybody seems to really enjoy is uh, December 12th to January 15th. That's the first, uh, third phase, and that includes morning and afternoon. So that's wow. the one everybody seems to really go for because it's right in the heart of our winter. So there's a lot of visiting doves that seem to move down. Carlos and I easier. were talking about that. and We really just need to go out there and find a place to shoot. I know the birds that were around the millet that was planted from my area, got plenty of millet, but the birds somehow disappeared. So somebody's probably got a pretty good bait pile somewhere that they're they're homing in on. <laughs> Check out uh, Mrs. Jacobs' place down the road. You know she's got that big giant bird feeder, and uh, you know they they get a snack at your place and then run over there for the buffet. I think somebody's got a few bushels of uh, something out. Dude, once the visitors start coming down here and filling up the bird feeders again, I know that the old uh, trailer parks around Manatee, when they would fill up with the RVs, every dove that we killed was filled with crack corn and bird seed of all kinds. And uh, they usually came from the direction of the, the, the visitor area. You yeah, know, because they, they like to watch the bites. They, they get like so, to see they the get, bites. So basically, they get so full that you don't even have to shoot them. You could just go pick them off the ground because they won't. They can't fly. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to tell a dove between uh, that and a woodpecker. You know, a woodpecker like like takes three strokes and then glides. Yeah. Then takes three strokes and glides. Those doves, they were so full. Their bellies were so full. They were flying like woodpeckers. They don't like ding ding ding. You know, they were just like. They, they don't even make the noise. <laughs> You know, <laughs> they're full. like rock doves, like pigeons. In Too New full. York. They can't. They can't <laughs> whistle when they fly. Yeah, oh. I'm kind of full. Uh, but good luck to everybody who's going out there today. Are you guys going to try to get out tomorrow, or you got plans, or are you just going to wait around for Green Swamp? I'm waiting for Dylan to call us. That's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> Go shoot some doves or something. I'll let him use my shotgun again. Oh, wait. yeah, <laughs> you know. sure. We might get a dove that way. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you're swinging. No, but I mean for uh, for deer season. I mean, are you? Uh, uh, there were so many really nice bucks that were taken during bow season this year. I didn't see a lot of posts on social media when it came to muzzleloader. Well, this, but is I did see a lot when it came to archery, and I'm just wondering if people are, you know, because if you miss that one during archery season and you skip muzzleloader. 
you're going to be back out there looking for uh, Mr. Biggie. You know that's what I'm saying? One, that's the one taken the next day of my muzzleloader hunt. One of the pastor from Belgrade, I think, Belgrade, he, he shot a little five-point, probably about five. In the words? Five, yeah, about 500 yards from where I was. In the words of Bill Ingvall, did his mama run off when he shot him? Hey, man, it's illegal, dear. Hey. He, he, he needed the meat, and he got it. But and, let me you tell know. you, Mike. That my, right there is a traditional uh, old school, uh, it's brown, it's down Florida deer right there. Yeah. Well, hey, it was a three-point on one side. He took it. I know, but it's just, uh, it, God, what was he eating? 125-pound deer. Well, my, my brothers and my nephew have been up, and dad been up in Pennsylvania hunting archery season up there. Uh, my, my brother hit and did not get a very large deer and my nephew last night shot an eight point and they got that one so are they in gun or shotgun archery. or archery, archery. Oh, they're still archery. in archery up there yeah. when do they start muzzleloader do they have a muzzleloader or is that they at have the a, end of the they season? have a early muzzleloader and then late in the season they have a flintlock season where you go out Run around with the traditional flintlocks around Christmas time. At the end of General Gun, usually. Oh, we, yeah, General Gun's like two weeks. Yeah, they do. What? Two weeks. More God. deer killed in General the, yeah, Gun there it, than probably live in the yeah, state of it's, Florida. It's insane. I know. But I just, Missouri does that too. They have a small muzzleloader at the beginning, then they have General Gun coming up in November, and then uh, they have another muzzleloader at the end but, of the but season. But everybody has a muzzleloader because everybody want to take advantage of the season. You know, so everybody from General Gun well, we, got a muzzle. We have a lot of fee- family that go up there, and if you didn't shoot your deer when they're up there in archery season, they'll run around there with the muzzle loader shooting deer, and and it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I guess so. I don't, I just think that it's, I don't know, it's it's on the decline. I think for the most part when it comes to muzzle loader, uh, even when they tried to introduce all the electronic ignition and all the other things like that, not, and two hundred nine primers, and not the weekend I was at Green Swamp. Did you hear a lot of them going off, or did you just heard, see a lot of people? I saw a lot of people, but I did hear, you know, um, occasionally you'd hear the boom, and you know, different parts of the the management area. So yeah. How many booms do you think you per- approximately heard in your time there? Uh, over the weekend, I think I probably heard about seven. That's not very many. No. During the general gun season in Bolivar, Missouri, it's about uh, seven gunshots per five seconds. <laughs> when it comes to general well, gun, it literally you, sounds like you're in the distance. It between sounds like you're in Beirut. Pennsylvania <laughs> used to sound like a, a war as it yeah. the day started on opening day. Now, it's not that way. Really? It is not that way anymore. No. Is that because of the decline in hunters or just because... Uh, People I, are using that, suppressors. That and you went from a three-inch limit on an antler to three points on one side. Ah, got to be a little now more you got to start counting and yeah, just got to learn to count fast. What do you think, Purple? Got to do it that way. I saw four. I swear it was a flash. <laughs> Taking a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Give us a call if you wanna. 888-404-1010. I know my boy Tom is out in the woods today. He's up there in Perry. I said, if you get something, man, give us a call. So, obviously, nothing yet. What up, trucker Eddie? Eddie! Eduardo is out there. He's probably up in the woods in Georgia. Yeah, he probably Been is. spending some time up there. Yep. Picking a break. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. Be right back.
Hey, hey. Speaking of Wild Outdoors, bring in Bill George and Carlos, the Cuban redneck, uh, decided to come and grace us with his presence. What's up? And uh, Diego's back from his long last weekend. He's recovered. I think uh, they found him in, on a raft somewhere off of Cancun you, and you rescued for, him and brought him back to us. It's all good. You forgot to say Carlos Lopez, the number one co-host. It ain't Vince, all right? It's me. I'm, I took it. Okay, I'm sorry. Right, just I, letting you know, I didn't man. know that there was a title involved in Just letting in the your... fans know. That's all. That's all. Okay. It's all good. I know, Mike. I won Mike, the, I won the vote. I, I won the put... vote, hands down. I think Mike's going to turn around and uh, give you a run for the money. Mike who? Uh, yeah, Singleton, man. Mike Singleton? Yeah, I don't know who he's, that is. He's chomping See? at the... Oh, yeah. Know. I don't know who that is. Oh, man. A chair might get awful warm, man. You better be careful. Uh, <laughs> I think he's out in the woods, too. Oh, wait, he's up in Homosassa this Home weekend. Homosassa. Uh, he's out boating with the fam, so they're out there messing around. Everybody's out. David Doble went out this past week from Tampa Bay Brewing Company, and he popped a nice little buck, which uh, I promptly didn't want to rub his nose in it. He, the last, I think, four trips that he went out, he took his daughters, one of them, out there for each and every adventure. And then, of course, the time that he goes out, he shoots a deer. I'm sure there's going to be some mad girdage going on in the house. Dad! Well, he didn't. at least he didn't shoot it out from under. Yeah, well, you know, you know. he's a sucker. <laughs> you know, he's a sucker, man. You got to take your shot. We know people who, you know, hey, you better shoot it first. I know that Jonathan, man, he don't give, he don't give quarter to nothing. Speaking of Jonathan, by the way, he's out with uh, his daughter, Ava. They've got uh, pig stuff to do today, and I don't mean like pig hunting. I think it's like pig showing or oh, yeah. whatever. I mean, when you're an FFA dad, you know, you got those things that you got to do when it comes to cows, pigs, chickens, pheasants, rabbits, whatever else they want to grow. Fatten it up. Fatten it up, get her done, get her tagged, whatever it is you got to do. It's it's. I think it's worse than, uh, you know, Boy Scouts or gymnastics. <laughs> Or cheerleading or... Yes, uh, yeah. because all you got to do there is just kind of drop them off and, uh, okay, go have fun with your friends. Uh, but now it's, Dad, my pig needs some some uh, Zemectrin. I need some uh, weight gainer. I need some... Uh, it's like cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. Yeah, man, you got to fatten them up, get them... Dude, you know, they eat anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's got to be done properly. Oh. You can't just feed them all chocolate and donuts. Oh, I, I, Krispy Kremes and... Although they do taste better when you do that. Oh. Well. From what I, from what I've heard, I'm just. Bill, what? Bill, do you have any more of those pigs <laughs> visiting your house and scratching up on the porch? I don't no, think so. no more sleeping on the porch. No more. I did. I have seen some right at the front entrance, crossing mm-hmm. the main road. I've been waiting. I, I, they have a hole in the fence where I see them keep going through. Is the barbed wire dirty? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and so I'm thinking about putting a snare there on that that little opening. You should. You'll have one by tonight. What are you going to? Uh, what, what, what do you mean snare? Why snare? Why don't you just pop it when it comes through there? Get out there well, and do it the old fashioned way. I can't do that on, on a, a road. On a road. I thought it was across a road. Well, technically, well, you, well went, wait a second. Technically, you road, can do that. Legally, though, oh, yeah. is a different story. <laughs> yeah, well, there's big. There's well, then I might have to follow this link that I was just looking at because I'm trying to find something on FWC's website. I can find out hunting with a felony. 
So hunting it, with a felony. Yes. So if you are a convicted felon. Yeah. How how, how can you, you get out and hunt? Yes. Yeah, so you can I, use an air rifle. They do have a link to that. Yeah, they could use bow and arrow or a thirty caliber air rifle at, or whatever. At Lattle. I mean, the, there we are again. Ad Lotto mentioned three times, four times on the show today. Yeah, that's uh, a treat. Yeah. It, <laughs> is it a legal means of take? Uh, for a rifle? For an air rifle? No, an Ad Lotto. We got to call uh, Officer Nick, man. I would think if you're on private land, it really probably doesn't matter when well, it comes if it's to a pig, pig. I don't think you have any issues. Yeah. But for if a deer, it's a deer, it may not be a legal means of take. I, I was thinking of using it for bow fishing at uh, Carter Road Park. Go for it. I think, you know. You're going to overshoot them quite a bit with an atlatl. Wow. Because you got to kind of arc it in there. You know, it's uh, you know, it's not something you shoot I don't from know. here I, to 10 no. feet. Phil, you should rig one of your uh, bang sticks, like make a short bang stick and mm -hmm. put it right there in the hole and put a piece of corn on it when they go to eat it. Boom. You have <laughs> to hit them with them it. Huh? You'd have to hit them with it. You'd have to hit them hard with it to he, make it go he, off. He could rig something, hey. I'm sure. You, MacGyver you just, over here. You just put something. it on the end of a spear gun shaft. Put a cricket out there when they come up. Yeah, he'll figure it out. Do you, you make a uh, bank stick for like a twenty-two, twenty-two short? Or I, anything I don't like make that? it, but you can get that. Yes. There you go. That's all you need to put the little but, CB caps in there and like then just all day. Well, we used to shoot mullet that way when it was low tide and they'd come running through the creek. We'd sit out there with the old Benjamin twenty-two air really? rifle, pop them, they boom. You just net them up, pull them out, <laughs> just stun them right there, pop them in the head. With get it the over. row, all filled with row. It'd be all up in there trying to get through on those shallows. It was always a good time. Damn Shooting me. mullet, what, what, what's wrong? Got to eat them. I, I got no problem with it. I saw Any legal means of whatever you got to do, you got to do. I, I saw a lot of them jumping out of the water at, at Honeymoon Island, man. There was a yeah, lot of Yeah, you show up at Honeymoon Island. Who shows up at Honeymoon Island without a fishing rod? Dude, we had a, a school project. Eric has a Polk State thing. <laughs> so you had to due. hold his hand the whole time? The kid's no, a young adult. He no, can wander I, over there and do whatever. I had to, you know, we were going from place to place. It took us like five hours to do all that stuff, man. We you just think how much time you wasted. You could have been over on that south end of the island hauling mm -hmm. in snook right through the I channel. I don't know, but I will tell you, it put the thermosol to the test. A lot of mosquitoes in that jungle. Their place is covered with mosquitoes and no seams. Oh, it was, they live like kings out there. Yeah, you know. Those visitors coming down from uh, New York and New Jersey, man, they are getting fat on those guys, man. <laughs> they're out there enjoying every minute of and it. And the gopher tortoises, man, they're all over the place in that. I think that ended up being one of the sanctuary places where they were dumping them whenever they were building all the houses. Yeah, I had across to help, the way. I had to help one up on the on the curb because he was in the parking lot. And he couldn't get up the curb. He was huge, man, biggest one I've ever seen. In so that. you molested a turtle, dude. I a just helped, I just I, I, I yep. just didn't want him to get run over by all the people, all the cars. So I just kind of scooted him up. Nature has to is, is a cruel uh, keeper, you know. Uh, you got to so, let things go the uh, way they I'm go. S I'm sorry, so man. Maybe, I have to help. Maybe him. what you need to do is start a movement so that there's no sharp curbs over there on the island, and that they're all those nice little graduates. No, he was trying to make it over to the handicap area, but I didn't see he had one of those tags, so I just kind of helped him, man. It took a second, <laughs> boom. 
And he he went into the dog I think, park I think area. that's a good movement for Congress. I do, too. Do you think how many millions of dollars you could raise for Dude, that? Dude, let me tell you something. In the last 18 years, I've at least saved a dozen turtles well, on the road. Well, of course we all have. I was stabbing turtles. yesterday on and... 27, I felt terrible because there was one in the middle of the road, and I wanted to turn around. But I did turn around, but he did make it across the road. He did or did not? No, he did. The ones that always got me is uh, when you stop and you pull over and you're like pointing at it and you're like, you know, so the cars go around it and all that stuff. And then you get the one hairy, you know what, that decides, looks at you and goes, <laughs> goes right over it. And you're like, really? That's when you want a you 50. Such that, a, that's yeah. when you want a 50 cal. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's really, you dude? You did not cal. see me out here like trying to scoot this massive snapper turtle off the road and you, uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Karma on you, bro. Good luck with that. I hope he gets about 10 miles down the road and hears, and then I'll cheer up. I, well. did, I did see uh, there was one, like, flag pond off off one of the, you know, parking areas. Those and, are called mosquito of, breeding grounds. Yeah, and, but you know what? It was loaded with blue-winged teal. I was like, well, whoa. Is it, is it legal to hunt there? Probably not. Is it legal to hunt on the backside of there in the intercoastal? I don't know. I don't what, know anything What happens about it. if you went out there and scared them away? Which direction do they fly? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't scare them away. But. Depending on the wind, usually they try to go downwind unless they need lift. And if it's a big one, geese and stuff like take off maybe, in the wind. But Maybe maybe we need to go see how we can uh, scout that area. Dude, we can't even go to Hancock like eight miles from my house. What are you talking about? Why not? Because you're always... Sleeping. I got, I got a little time busy. Now. I he got a little busy. time for, yeah. for for just a little bit here. I got some time. Yeah, for a little bit before we'll, Pennsylvania. We'll start. We'll start. I was at 4 supposed to go too, but I can't take off the month of November or December at my job. You guys can argue when you're duck hunting out in the boat in Hancock. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, taking a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. We're gonna go. You stay right there. We'll be back. to get away hunting season starts today get out in the woods go and play oh, the poet didn't know it welcome back big and wild outdoors Braden, build carlos we need you Diego? to turn around i i don't care so much about the ducks why but, so serious but we need to find a good dove field i'm not talking about a few doves i need to find a good dove field and it may be a paid dove field i'm not looking for free just something that you know you're going to go out there and at least shoot 10 or 15 shots. But just get a nice limit of birds and uh, do what you got to do, take it back home. Well, no, no. I don't want to put the pressure of getting a limit of birds because we might be there a week with Carlos. <laughs> but <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> hey, you're okay. listen. You're all right. I'll get a couple. It's okay. All right? I only need three. But for what? But for I a sandwich. Say, I was, but I will say, appetizer, okay? if we give him the doves to clean, there will not be a feather on the dove. 
Well, it's his uh, nature. You know, but he's got that's that the, that's uh, the OC, OCD, man. Yeah, he's but got that I'm, freak out, freak out. I would like to. I haven't done it since I started alligator hunting a lot. Alligator hunting and, and dove hunting seemed to conflict for well, the me. last time it was me, Braden, and Glenn at uh, Uncle William's, was it? Yeah, yeah. back, yeah. Yeah, that, down that, there. that was a lot of fun, you know, and, and one of those... Dove hunts actually turned into a deer hunt. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess <laughs> there was really no doves you, flying. And you know, it always amazes me how that works. You know, you go to uh, when we had our little spot down in Manatee County, it was maybe possibly five acres. It was two fields that were cut, you know, two and a half acres that were growing, and there was a ditch across the middle. It's five acres, trees on. All three sides. It was a little box area. Mangroves to the west, oak trees and everything else over to the south, orange trees over to the north, and then open area to the east, and then you had orange groves on the other side. The sky would darken with doves every every single time we were down there. You could go down there and be limited out in an hour. Seriously. And, I mean, there was that many. No it, seed, it, no it, plant, even, no nothing. Even if you were legally blind, you can... Just shoot yep. now! Shoot yep. into the air! Boom, boom, boom. And, uh, you know, it had that one strand of wire across the middle of the field for power for the pumps. <laughs> See, Bill? See and, what uh, I told you? But that, this is what gets me. You got this little five-acre little blah that was just inundated with doves. We go out to Uncle Williams, it's like a thousand acres of open field and ginormous power lines, power lines. And, and oak hammocks and pine hammocks. Are... Empty skies. Not a bird in the area. I mean, seriously, you may get one that skirts along the edge of the wood line and hear about uh, 20 shots at the poor thing, and it made it all the way to the end. You're like, good luck, dude. You deserve that yeah, one. You, you, got, you got it. <laughs> you, you got it. You deserve the stories that you're going to tell. But then it was like, how do you have that much acreage and that many people spread out and hardly any birds whatsoever? It just it just goes to show you that it's location, location, location. Because Uncle William's out in the middle of nowhere, and there's nothing around him but more woods and more area that's open. Whereas the place down in Manatee, like I said before, you had trailer parks on across the road and down the road and up the road, and every one of them, bird feeders. Bird feeders... RVs everywhere, want to see the birds, throwing seed, whatever they are. I mean, they were living in paradise. Sometimes just having a little gravel area, too, was a big deal. Gravel is a huge there, thing. Because they come there to, you know, get some, this pick is, some This is the funny and, thing. You can't even legally put gravel out no. and hunt over gravel. Nope. Can't put it. It's, it's a form of bait. It's okay. a form of bait. Now, what if... <laughs> the gravel falls out of the back of your pickup truck while you're rambling down. I don't know road. anybody that uses that kind of gravel on a roadway. Now, if you notice that if you have a road through the middle of your field and it happens to be a caliche type or gravelly small gravel road and it's there all the time, but I, I wouldn't be that wouldn't be considered baiting because it's there all year round. It's a road. So if you put it up this year, it's good for next year. That's what you're saying. Yeah, why not? There if it's a road, and there if you you're, and if there just happen to be, uh, you know, sesame seeds planted on the sides of the road, then uh, it's all good. Mm. I tell you, the second best dove field I've said it on the show was when they were building I-75. I remember you saying that. And they were coming in every day <laughs> to come and 
pick gravel there on the side of the road. Yep. That's what they were there for. That's what they were landing for, and that's why they were coming and flying in the area. Fill up that crop. And that was the F dot that put that out there, not us. So it's a roadway. What, what can you do? Took advantage of the situation. Ah, it's location, location, location. Yeah. Well, the bu- it, best dove hunting I've always had was as a kid was in the mangroves, and that was on the edge of legal, only because the times they come to those mangroves are yeah. right at dark. Yeah, you got to be ready. It's got to you got about fifteen fast, minutes. They're flying low, and you're right at the edge of legal time to hunt. And you need to hit them before. They reach the tree line because once you hit them and they land in the mangroves, you're spending the next uh, rest of your dove hunt trying to find it somewhere in the mangroves. Or their crab food. Or their, yeah, or something has already snatched it and taken it away. Oh, yeah, mangroves was right over here by uh, Wheaton Island was, was a hot spot, man. It was a great time to go out there and dove hunt, especially in the evening. Just like you said, just before it got dark, man, they were you, you coming know, in like you lasers. Know, you know all the spots here in well, it Bay, used to man. be in this area. Now yeah, it's, well. it's so it's grown. Where this I said it a million so. times, where this building is right now was our hottest dove field in Pinellas County, because this was all a salt flat right in here, and they'd come in and, and pick, and then you had mangroves and How the ironic. mangroves that are still over there, and How all these ironic. all these tall pine trees right here. Man, they were this was heaven over here. Occasionally, I'm looking over your way and I'll see a dove fly by. They're still here. Yeah, there's a few. Well, this was county back then. This is now part of, uh, you know, St. Petersburg city limits, so uh, you can't be popping off rounds here yes, anymore. <laughs> anymore. No, you can't do it. You can't be Why firing not? off shotgun shells out here in the if middle it, of the Coker the, complex. If you, turn, not, if you had permission from the landowner. Yeah, that doesn't really work out either because we used to play paintball out here, and, uh, yeah, the cops would show up all the time. And how many times do you go to jail because of it? Uh, never because they never really caught us. Okay. Uh, Bill, just, Bill, Bill just likes to Bill just likes to push the envelope. You know that. Well, no. See these woods right here. See these woods right on the other side of those woods is a, a Florida Power easement that runs all the way back to our neighborhood, right across the street. Blah, blah, blah. Trust me, we ninja our way right out of here. St. <laughs> Petersburg finest never got us. We're all good. Some guys <laughs> retired and never got you. That's something. That's my only regret. There's a guy in an American Legion hall right now going, that little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got you once. Well, you know why? Because somebody, you know, usually it was a disc jockey or somebody that was working overnight. They'd like call the PD and go, hey, I don't want to alarm anybody, but there's like 10 guys out here in the parking lot and they all have guns. Well, you know what happens when you make that call into 911? Well, now the SWAT team and everything shows up now. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's the good part. This was so far out in the county area, you could actually hear the sirens coming all the way from Central Avenue. <laughs> We're like, dude, I think they're coming this way. <laughs> you I think could crawl. Coming. I think they're coming. <laughs> you could crawl. Yeah, they're de- Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're definitely coming here. Let's get in the bushes. <laughs> Head over in the woods. Sure enough. <laughs> <laughs> they're, falling, they're falling in. And we're like, all right, let's just go. <laughs> like 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 me when I was when I was shooting my bow off the off the Hudson River in the parks. I'd shoot I'd take my Blue Ridge target and I'd get out of my car park, hike in, and people would call the police and I'd be in full Because you were in a bow? Uh, yeah, like you're not really, you know, people would just see you they they just call. So I would be hiding in the in the woods 
and I would just put my bow down and lay down on the floor, and the cops would be going around, and then I I'd get to, back to. Shooting, I know that you know? things have changed, uh, you know, since since then, and uh, you know, somebody walking around with a firearm within the city. Let me sure that would probably uh, you know raise your awareness a little <laughs> Look, bit. But in the nineties, every time I went to that field off John F. Kennedy High School where the carnival would come every year. It was an empty field, and that's where the carnival would show up. I would go there with my target, and I would get out, and I'd you know, shoot 20, 30, and, and 40 yards. Every single time I went there, like once a week, the cops would show up. They would just call the police, and then I would show you know, my, my ID. I'd show that I have my, my licenses and whatnot. I have my, my city permit. To have firearms and whatnot, and then you had to do all that just for a bow. Well, they don't really know the laws, the <laughs> NYPD, so they would come and check you out, and then they'd check out my bow. Hey, let me check it out. They, you know, I had this Martin uh, Lynx XRG, and they would check it out. And I think once a guy wanted to take a shot, you know what I mean? And it was okay, man. Get back to it. You know, they called. We have to come, and it, it just I just got used to it. Did it they always start? The, did they always start the conversation with, "What are you doing"? No, because it's self-explanatory with a target out, on, and I'm I'm just shooting, and I'm you but know, I was my wondering, car parked there. What would be the reason why they would show up? I mean, if they knew that you were, well, they pull up and they see you shooting so, a target because you're surrounded by buildings and people look out the window and they. But just if you're call. shooting at a target, they'd pull up, and I, I, if it was me, I'd pull up and go, "Hey, are you out here target shooting?" Yes, sir. All right, be careful. Don't I mean, shoot that way. I mean, I All could right, say bye. I never have had them show up like. With the lights blaring and with their guns drawn, no, they would see? just show up and see and, and it, check that I had a driver's license and that car was what, registered what? to me. And <laughs> it's just how it is, man. <laughs> you know, what are you doing out here? Well, I got a target and I got a bow. What do you think I'm doing out here? Elk hunting? You know, a lot of times I had my pit bull with me. You know, Car and I, he'd Carlos, just be hanging should, out with me while I'm shooting. You should have had a little camp stove going with a pot of coffee and. When they showed up, you just said, hey, you here for coffee today? <laughs> hey, glad you guys showed up, man. This stuff's getting cold. The funny thing is when I would do it, you know, religiously, because that's the only place I could really go close by to shoot, um, they, I would see the same cops. They'd just come by, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, once they know that <laughs> you're Because they good. were on that shift and they already knew, but they'd show up and... You know, the people would be looking out their window and see that they... Oh, this guy's going down. Watch this, Harold. But, but you know, He's it out just, there with that weapon. It just never failed, man. It just never failed to have them come every single time. And it's followed you forever because no matter where you go and bow hunt, you get the same kind of crud. Yeah. I don't really bow hunt here in Florida anymore. No, when you're out there uh, bow fishing and all that stuff, you seem to uh, oh, get the attract yeah, attention. The, well, the bow fishing, that was the Ridge Riders, which ironically... That used to be an archery hunting place. That is true. Okay, because you could still see the rusty metal gate where it said ridge on one side and archers. It's a huge gate, and it's all rusted and overgrown, but I've seen it. And ironically, the bi the mountain bikers call the police on you when you're just bowfishing, trying to take some tilapia. <laughs> you know, it's insane. Yeah, they're going to, while they're right there, while they're... Uh uh, they have bicycles. More, yeah, they have more rights than you. Listen, more people have been killed mountain biking over there than there's been an uh, archery accident. I'm sure never. I don't think I've ever in my life ever heard a story anywhere in the United States of America where someone was accidentally killed either by a bow fisherman or while bow fishing. Unless it was in the 1800s when the <laughs> Indians were, you know, 
fighting, yeah. which if anybody should protest, should be them. Yeah. <laughs> so you got some guy walks up behind you and he's a native. He looks at you and goes, hey, you're in my spot. How? You got to go. OK. How? How am <laughs> I in your spot? I no, understand. No, how? <laughs> how are you in my spot? How am I in your spot? Yeah, it's not going to be that way. That, that's my wigwam over there. Top of the hour. <laughs> hour number two is coming up. We're going to talk about some guns and ammo when we come back from break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We got hour two right around the corner.